I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Number 9 Iowa travels to Madison to take on the surging Badgers. It's an 11 a.m. kick at Camp Randall, and as of right now, Iowa is a a 3.5 point underdog. And my guest today covers the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal. Welcome back to Colton Bartholomew. Colton, thank you for the time today. Hi, anytime, Andrew. So after a rocky start to the season, the Badgers seem to have settled in a little bit. You know, they're, they're winners of three in a row, a chance to get right back into the thick of the Big Ten West race. Does it feel like the season could pivot on the result of Saturday's game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, what really has changed in the last month or so for the Badgers is they've just found an identity on offense that, it's it's not what people expected coming into the year. I think they were hoping for a little bit more from the passing game and from Graham Mertz and all that type of stuff. But when it came down to it, the best chance for this team to win was to control the clock, run the ball, and lean on the defense. And that's really what they've done the last three weeks. And I think that's going to be their game plan coming into Saturday as well because just of how well uh, this offensive line and how well uh, the running backs are doing behind them right now. So I think – they, they've kind of, like you said, settled in and then found what can work for them. And it's it's old school Wisconsin football. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun to watch all that often, but it's going to be effective enough. So I think that's kind of the, if they can continue that and somehow get a win on Saturday, then, you know, lots of things open up for that last month of the season. Man, that sounds very familiar to Iowa fans. The, the ugly it up, the <laughs> right. control the clock, right? Run the ball, good defense, capitalize on the other team's mistakes, try not to make many of your own and hope you come out with a win. Uh, this could be, you know, one of these classic Iowa-Wisconsin Big Ten slobber knocker games. It really was. I mean, I, I'm, I've been talking with people all week about, like, I don't know how either team scores like two or three touchdowns. You know, I, I honestly don't because you look at both these teams' defenses in the red zone and how well they stop the run on both sides. And I just think that it's going to be a punt fest. And I'm already kind of like pre annoyed by people on Twitter complaining about it and saying, you know, oh, this is classic Big Ten. But it's like, no, this is just two defenses that are far outpacing how well their offenses are doing, and it's going to probably play out that way on Saturday. You know, you mentioned Graham Mertz, and, and he's just had one interception these last four games after a rough start to the season, but just eight passing attempts against Purdue. So is it fair to say now that this Wisconsin offense is one-dimensional, and if so, do you see that as, as a problem? Um, it, it is certainly a little bit, and then when it's by design, it's hard to say it's a problem, and I I think what they're kind of shifting to is asking Graham Mertz to be efficient as opposed to make big plays. And that was, I think that's a shift in mentality, both for player and for the offense, because I think when you came into the year, there was so much optimism with 
all these guys coming back on the offensive side and Graham Mertz having the experience of last year, even though it was a tough year, having that under his belt and kind of just knowing the speed of the game, uh, he's still got uh, quite a ways to grow in the sense of reading defenses and, you know, taking the good things that he does and just applying them to more, uh, more of the offense and more chances uh, throughout a game. But I really do feel like this offense has said, hey, we're going to pound the ball. We're going to ask Graham Mertz to throw really only on third down when we need to, or just when he does throw, just pick up first downs. We're not asking you to make big chunk plays and things of that nature. So it is one dimensional to a sense or to a point, but I think that it's leaning into the strengths of their team, as opposed to trying to force things that just haven't been there throughout the year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So you talk about pounding the ball, and uh, and Wisconsin always has one or two great uh, running backs, you know. And, and even if it's not Ron Dane or Jonathan Taylor, there's always somebody to be looking out for. So uh, this weekend, who should Iowa fans be watching when Wisconsin does have the ball and, and does try to pound it? Yeah, I think you got to start with Braylon Allen. Uh, he's technically not the starter. It's basically a one A one B situation right now in the Badger backfield. But he's a freshman. He's 17 years old. He should be a senior in high school. He reclassified this year, but. Six foot two, about 240 pounds, and has just really kind of changed the identity of this offense right now uh, in terms of a physicality and a running style. Um, that, that's really kind of just leaned into, like I said, the, the strength of this offensive line going forward, and you know the, their kind of base stuff finally working because I think that was one of the issues early on in the year. Like teams were loading up against what they did to start, and when you know they they weren't able to consistently get those four and five yard gains early in games, the play action doesn't work as well. And everything you're trying to base off those runs just doesn't quite work. So Braylon Allen's really kind of changed those things. And it's really impressive because like I said, 17 years old and guy that uh, just, they, they, they had high hopes for, but really until it was, a, I think it was about April, the belief was he was, he was going to play on defense. He started as a safety recruit, got bigger and wow. they're like, okay, well maybe we'll put him at linebacker. And then now he's a running back and you could argue the most important guy on their offense. So it's a pretty impressive you know, year for this kid. You know, I, I the the rivalry between Iowa and Wisconsin is is so intense that it's hard for me to you know sometimes see how how alike these two programs are. But to hear you say a guy got too big to be a safety, and then instead of moving him to linebacker, they moved him to running back. You know, for for a lot of programs, a lot of probably full conferences, that would sound ridiculous. But for us here in Iowa, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely, and it, it's fun every time we get to this week in a year because it's you, you talk to the players and they all realize like. Yeah, they're basically us. You know, it, we're looking in a mirror this week where, you know, we're finally getting to practice against the, or get to uh, play against a team that's going to use multiple tight ends and have a fullback on the field because I've talked to Wisconsin defensive players before. It's like, you know, how do you get really good looks against some of these spread teams you're going to play every week when you're, you're going against practice squad guys on the offensive side that are built for two tight end and then, you know, a, a pounding style? And they all, you know, they admit, yeah, it can be tough sometimes, but 
this is a week where it's you know apples and apples what you're going to see, and there are obviously small tweaks and small differences between the offenses, but it, it's it's so similar that that that's why these games are always tight. There's not a lot of tricking going on either side. You know what you're going to get. It's just who's going to be able to you know make the plays and try to you know, swing a game with a turnover or things like that on Saturday. Well, you know, along those same lines, when you look in the mirror of, of these two teams, you see two elite defenses. Uh, Wisconsin certainly, I think statistically, like the second best defense in the country after Georgia. But for those of, of us who haven't watched every game, what makes this defense so good? Is is it the the front seven, the, the back seven? I mean, what, what what is it about this defense that has them playing so well right now? Yeah, it's the front seven. It's a lot to do with the inside linebackers, Jack Sanborn and uh, Leo Chanel. Uh, right now, just both of them are on fire. They're they're playing their best football of their careers. Um, Jim Leonard is using them not only in, in the run-stopping game, but getting after the passer a ton. And Leo Chanel has, has become one of their best pass rushers, even from that inside linebacker position. And they're able to you know loop him around the outside or shoot him through the gaps in the middle. Uh, to get after quarterbacks so quickly that there's just not a lot of things that uh, can develop down the field. So I think this is going to be a really fun matchup because uh, outside of you know Tyler Linderbaum, I think this Iowa offensive line has been up and down throughout the years, and you can kind of see that playing out through, uh, through playing out throughout games. So I think that matchup is going to be fascinating to watch just how that gets attacked and where Iowa tries to you know maybe get Linderbaum up to the Leo Chanel and try to put that best player versus best player um, strategy on the field. So I think it's really this, this front seven that's really controlling things. And you look at what they're allowing rushing. It's something like 50 something yards a game. Uh, Wisconsin is. So they're really making teams throw the ball to beat them. And it's, it's possible. I think we've seen throughout the year, like you can beat this team deep, but they're trying to make it the least efficient ways to beat them possible. You've got to complete a deep pass. You've got to, you know, get the protection. The, the, they challenge you to, you know, be perfect on one play to get a big swing. So uh, I think it's going to be a really fascinating matchup. You know, you can get into trouble trying to use the transitive property in sports. You know, it, it just often doesn't doesn't hold up. But it's hard not to look at the fact that I, when Wisconsin uh, have each played Purdue in their most recent game, Purdue had a pretty dominant win over Iowa two weeks ago, and then Wisconsin had a pretty dominant win over Purdue last week. Do you put any stock into that when you look at the matchup between Iowa and Wisconsin? I do only in the sense of I think Iowa saw – that they can't rely on the turnovers as much as they had. I mean, they've been unbelievable at creating turnovers. And I think that's what Purdue did better than anything. Obviously David Bell is a great player, but the thing that they did was they just didn't give Iowa's offense. So that, that momentum uh, with turnovers. And then on the flip side, the Badgers were able to create five turnovers against Purdue last week. So I think some of that's just water finding its level on the turnover stuff where Iowa had been so, so great at it. And then the Badgers defense just hadn't been able to convert as many of those. So I don't know if you can read too much into that, but I think it just kind of showed Iowa's defense. Like, all right, we have to get some stops outside of, um, or have to get up the field outside of creating a turnover a little bit more often. And I think it also showed for the Badger offense, we have to establish this run game. And then I, I don't think you're going to be able to beat Iowa passing the ball eight times. I mean, I would be shocked if that's 
what the stat line ended, ended up looking like again. So I think you've just got to find ways to be more efficient as opposed to, you know, expecting a big play against this IO defense too often. You know, Colton, at this point in my podcast, I usually ask the person I'm talking to, you know, where, where do you think one team has an advantage over the other? Uh, but I think the theme of our last 10 minutes is these teams are very similar to each other. And so is it really just going to come down to who can execute better on Saturday afternoon uh, rather than, you know, there, there's a schematic thing or a, a talent gap or anything like that between these two teams? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be more about the execution part. But I will say the one thing that I think could be a, a tick toward Wisconsin side is this front seven versus the offensive line. Cause I just think when you look at some of the issues that they've had on the edges, especially, I, I don't think there's any clearly, there's no issue with what Tyler Linderbaum's doing and how great he's played. But I think when you look at how Wisconsin uses their linebackers to come off the edge and really attack tackles in that way, Nick Herbig is a guy that you might want to look out for uh, an outside linebacker. That's playing really well as well in the pass rushing game. Um, and we know how, effective Iowa has been throughout the years and including this year with the the bootleg passes so I think that's going to be a matchup to watch is you know how they protect the edges against these linebackers and I think that's one area where you just look at athletically and production wise this season that Wisconsin might have the edge but I also think you at the same time say I don't think there's anybody on the Wisconsin defense that's great at covering tight ends and we know how good Sam Laporte is so I think there's advantages on both sides there that's going to make this a really fun matchup. He is at CBARTWSJ on Twitter give him a follow check out his work at the Wisconsin State Journal and on Madison.com Colton thank you as always for the time I really appreciate it man. Yep anytime Interesting conversation there with Colton. I don't know how to feel about this game. I'm going to try to think about this for another day or two. We've got the Hawkeye Nation radio show tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, here on KXNO in Des Moines, and it'll also be here in your podcast feeds not long after that. We typically give predictions in that show, and I don't know which way I'm going to go. It's, it's going to be really hard for me to pick Wisconsin over Iowa just for my personal feelings about the Badgers, but... Man, this is a uh, this is a pick up pick 'em game. I think you know the the reason the Badgers are favored is because they are at home. They're playing well, um, but man, you know, I could see this going either way. I really could. I think most of you probably feel the same way. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker. Uh, just a classic Iowa Wisconsin game. And I think maybe that's best case scenario. Just get in the trenches and uh, and try to come out with a win. Try to hold on to that Heartland Trophy. Thank you so much for listening. Check out all our coverage at HawkeyeNation.com. John Bonacamp, Rick Brown, Rob Howe have everything covered. Uh, check out Trent Condon's podcast, the Degenerate Hawkeye podcast, and all his gambling advice there on the site. And again, check out our radio show Thursday nights here on KXNO in Des Moines and uh, on your podcast feed wherever you are. Thank you for listening and go Hawks!